Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. I'm Joe McGranahan. And we are here to entertain you for the next 90 minutes. With song and dance and snappy patter. And we have a CBS congressional reporter, Scott McFarland, going to call in at 9.06 this morning. So we are very excited to reconnect with some of the experts from CBS. So he'll yeah, be talking about... talking about Donald Trump, huh? The well, the January 6th committee, but it also recommends some ethics uh, charges yes, for interesting. Scott Perry and what is it? Uh, Biggs yeah. and, and one other guy. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Joe, or I can't think of his name. <laughs> the guy that got booted off the um, committee, January 6th committee, because they didn't like him. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. It's uh, terrible. Too many names to remember. I you know, know it is. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. That's yes, it. there we go. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So st- I knew that he was st- right. Statler and Waldorf, at your service. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome on board, everybody. I'm, I, I mentioned who we were. And, uh, yeah, we can talk about that if you wish to today. So maybe there's some in the findings of this January 6th committee before they adjourn that uh, you find interesting. U.S. Justice Department's already investigating some of these things, so the uh, presentment will uh, come on as additional information and uh, something that, you know, some things they might already know about. At 9.06, we'll talk to Scott McFarland, and one of my questions will be, you know, how much is brand new in here that we don't know that the U.S. Justice Department knew about? I'm not sure if that question can be answered, but he uh, will put that up to him, and so that'll be at 9.06 right after the CBS news. Hey, EB's written a letter that I completely agree with. It says, I was listening to the show yesterday. What's the context first? Well, no, just let me read this. I was listening to the show yesterday, and I have to agree with the statements about Joe Biden being senile. Thank you, EB. We appreciate your letter. We'll read the rest. Oh, no, that's it. That's the only part I agree with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the part you agree with. Then I'll read the rest. I'll read it. I thought he had lost his mind when he started saying that windmills cause cancer and that the whole thing about how you have to flush toilets 10 or 15 times because there's not enough water was pure lunacy. The comments about Biden's creepiness were spot on, too. Remember when he said he probably would be dating his adult daughter if she was not his child? Or when his other daughter was a baby, he said that he hoped she would grow up to have huge breasts when she grew up. Oh, I never heard that one. I never did either. (laughs) And all those creep pictures of him with Jeffrey Epstein, super creepy. Oh, wait, none of that was Joe Biden. It was Donald Trump. Funny how he gets a pass on the senile and creepy talk. The bias is real, I guess. Hey, EB, let's say I agree with you about what you said about Trump. Now, will you admit that I'm right about Biden? You you seem to want to say that Biden's fine and Trump's bad, but, I mean, Biden's got some serious health issues here, mental health issues. Yeah, and EB... I don't think it's any big claim to fame to say that your favorite candidate or president is as disgusting as Trump. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a low, low, low bar. You know, so, <laughs> yes, you're right. Biden, on his worst, worst day, might be as good as President Trump on his best, best, best day. But still, uh, all of that is down in the swamp. 
So, all right. So 1-800-795-9565. What is this? You may read the next one, too. Okay. Uh, oh, that's my request Will do. to Thanks. CBS okay. News. No, sorry. <laughs> all right. There we go. All right. Uh, they, they give us a link, and they said, you read enough negative polls about Trump. There are plenty of positive ones. But as usual, Mark will banter with fake news, fake news, fake news. <laughs> I don't use the term fake news. Well, but, this is uh, a Breitbart survey. I don't know how. Okay. Well, that's a conservative-leaning. Yeah. Well, and I think... Uh, you know when when we had um, the uh, when we talked to some of the CBS correspondents and some of the pollsters who've called the show, they say that the polls have a bias depending upon who's taking them. Sure, they do. So it, it wouldn't surprise me that there's a good poll that says that President Trump would beat DeSantis and all others if you know whatever bias exists, or maybe maybe the Breitbart one is the truly objective one, and the USA Today one, and the uh, where was the uh, the Wall Street Journal one that right. we talked about yesterday? Uh, you know, were the ones that are biased. I I, I think polls are fun to talk about. I don't think any of them are fake news. And uh, in my personal impression from living around here is that President Trump is alive and well and will be the next president of the United States. Oh, All the Trump signs are still up. And well, and DeSantis is unknown, has no international experience. So I think Trump will have him for lunch in a primary. And then if Bi- if it's Biden and Trump, I think folks will say, well, you know, it's, it's the significantly lesser of two evils, you know. So you think if it came down to push came to shove, who would the lesser of two evils be? Biden? Trump. I, I would. You know, I think folks would probably pick Trump. They, you know, the the one thing that you know about Trump and Biden now, which you don't get with a lot of candidates, is you know exactly who they are. You know how pathetic they are. You know they're buffoons. You know they're bad. You know it's <laughs> tragic that unfortunately the primary voters will select them, but that's the way it's going to be. And so you know, you just have to pick one. Which is going to be worse uh, is. Biden's senility going to get us into trouble, you know, or get us into a war, or somebody going to attack us because of a stance of weakness? I'd rather have a, a criminally buffoony liar in there who's strong internationally than one that is, you know, what what do you say, groping for handshakes of people well, that aren't there and calling for dead Congress people to come up out of the audience. <laughs> but listen, there was a, right. uh, you know, if you watch the press briefings every day with uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, mm-hmm. it's sad. It really is. Because they asked her <laughs> yesterday, and, and this wasn't Fox News, but, you know, the, the other media, CNN in particular, beginning to focus on the fact that the border is out of control. Okay. And they asked her exactly what uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was doing uh, to get at the root causes of this. She said, well, I don't know the exact uh, exact context of her work, but you'd have to ask her that. But we're grateful for the relationship she has with the president. So what she's saying basically is the president has no idea what his <laughs> vice president, whom he gave the assignment to, is doing about border or security done. or root causes of border insecurity. I well, say. Yeah, and she said last week that the president has done as much as she can, and uh, as, as much, much as, as he can, can. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the uh, mayor of El Paso was almost in tears at the insult of saying such a thing. You know, they were being overrun with I think ten thousand new illegal individuals per day, asylum seekers, some then, of them, but in any event. You know, just certainly way overwhelmed, and and then the president says we're doing everything we can. Well, I mean, she was literally so upset that uh, you know, and insulted that somebody would actually well, say that. Her. So, and then New York is saying that because of the few they've gotten in, they're going to need another billion dollars to take care of them. They're going to build a <laughs> t- uh, convert a ho- well, an old hotel. 
You know, this is ridiculous. Texas says, welcome to my life. We have people living on the street, citizens of this country, veterans living on the street with no roof over their head. But we're going to take illegal immigrants and house them in some development in New York City paid for with tax dollars. Well, is, is not help there for homeless people already if they wish to have it? Well, I think what Mayor uh, Mayor Adams in New York is saying is that they're, they're overwhelmed right. by the few well, that, that they have be. coming okay. in. Well, that could be okay. No argument there. But uh, you know, I, I, the vast majority of individuals I, I've only ever personally known one homeless person, and he did not wish to be housed. I mean, this he enjoyed living from uh, underpass to underpass and basement to basement in the winter, and uh, with permission of the homeowners. And um, you know, that was the life that he chose. You know, he didn't uh, sort of set out and, you know, tick it off on a career choice box, but that's the way it ended up, and that's how he wanted to live, because he was free and, um, you know, and for you whatever reason. Now, and he may have had some mental health uh, interactions, too, so I'm not sure about that. I was going that. to say, do you think that's a choice somebody logically would make? Well, I, I, not logically what you and I would make, but I don't stand up here at uh, on the top of Blue Hill saying that I know what's best for everybody. You know, I fully recognize that I don't. Well, yeah, but, I mean, there's a matter of what's best in terms of their housing or what's best in terms of their mental health. I would say somebody who makes a conscious decision to live on the street, if they have other options, has probably got some mental health issues that need to be examined. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We started out talking about uh, January 6th uh, committee's outcome. And, and the criminal uh, referrals. Reports, right, and the ethics referrals that were so, part of that. You think that you think that the Democratic administration and, and um, Eric Merrick Garland are actually going to prosecute uh, Trump? Um, well... Uh, I would think, he, uh, yeah, I would think he's going to be indicted. Some of this is so clear, conspiratorially evident. You know, the dots are all there. A lot of it is just conspiracy or encouragement or incitement. So, you know, it's not going to be a big fat felony indictment or anything, probably. But, uh, but no, that's what the charges against him are. They are right. felonies if they sustain them. All right. Well, to be continued, 1-800-795-9565. We will find out. we got some callers standing by. Stan, good morning. We are assessing January 6th and talking about the immigration debacle. Now, I, I got to do one response to EB. So when Ashley Biden told Joe that she didn't want to shower with him anymore at age 12, that was that was a that was creepy Joe showering with his daughter at age 12 and younger. I think we could just stipulate on this show for the purpose of discussion that uh, well, President Biden is as disgusting as President Trump in a sexual, perverted, uh, unethical, probably illegal well, manner. I think I, we can all stipulate I that. I think we need to realize that EB has blinders on when it comes to anything wrong with Democrats. She can clearly yeah. see everything wrong with Republicans, but never sees a thing wrong with Democrats. Right. I, I would agree with that. But, okay, that, I got that out of, off my chest. So, uh, Mark, you said something about Biden, you know, his his uh, mental capacity might get us into war or something. I'm sorry to tell you, but we're already participating, not with boots on the ground, but we are participating in the Ukraine-Russian war right now by sending them billions upon billions upon billions of dollars Okay. in equipment. <laughs> and cash and whatever else is we're sending over there because nobody knows exactly what we're sending because there's no auditor they won't allow them to audit and keep track of it so yes we are participating in a war that we shouldn't be and it's because of his dementia and and, and putin's knowledge that biden will do nothing to prevent it 
You don't think we should be helping the Ukrainians? You don't help. We, you don't think we should be helping the Ukrainians who are the victims of an invasion, I, illegal invasion? I think we've helped enough. So right. what's enough? You know, well, well let's see. We sent them almost a hundred billion dollars, correct? Somewhere right. close to that, it, or on the on the drawing board, it's close to a hundred billion dollars. For uh, let's see, one. 20th of that, we could have a border wall built from California to the Gulf of Mexico, complete it to stop the invasion that we're having right now. And by the way, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court has stayed the order that they have to drop Title 42. So people are supposed to be deported, stopped from coming over here because of health reasons. Now we'll see how the Bidens uh, actually follow any type of ruling on that. Okay, but wouldn't you concede that the the Ukrainians fighting the Russians and weakening them and draining their resources is a benefit to the United States? Uh, because we Joe, don't have we to are fight draining them. our resources and not replenishing them. What resources are we draining our, and not replenishing? Our, our weapon systems are not being replenished the way they should be. We're, and by the way, where's all the money coming from considering we're 20, 30 31 trillion dollars in debt where's that money great, coming from why from do we have inflation because they keep printing money <laughs> it comes from our great grandchildren and that's why we have the high inflation because the government spends 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 they're the only entity that can print more money printing more money dilutes the value of the money in the system so the government is the reason for the high inflation. Part of it, yep. No argument there. Yeah, well, I noticed on Fox News, I was watching a little bit over the weekend, they always call it Biden inflation, Biden inflation, whenever they refer to it. Sure, it's like it's the government price inflation. Hike. Right. Well, yeah, he has help from Congress. Well, he has help from Congress on Ukraine, <laughs> too. It's not just the president. You know, Congress is voting to continue oh, to fund this uh, as well. I'm not arguing with you, Mark, on that. They're all spend worse than drunken sailors. And that's saying a lot, don't you think? Yeah, without a brain, that prevents parties, you from doing the right parties. thing. Yeah, the vortex will move their brain. Have you ever seen a drunken sailor spending? <laughs> it's Just pretty... out of curiosity. Actually, no, I, I, I wasn't in the Navy. I was never around sailors, so no, I actually haven't. I'm just told that's the way they act. I don't know. Drunken sailors you know, After you're at sea for six months, I guess you get a little wild. Okay, well, you know, I've heard that for uh, years. Just a guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, All right, we got a caller waiting. Is, uh, we got a caller waiting. Wait, wait, go ahead. We got a caller waiting. So we, we have an go. out of we got an out of control FBI in this country that needs to be reined in. These Twitter files that keep dropping shows that the FBI, which is part of the government, was censoring and, and preventing people from speech on Twitter. That is a clear violation of our First Amendment rights. A lot of people were, you know, illegally silenced. So what's going to be done about that? Well, you know, they, 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 had a, they had 80 FBI agents working in Twitter to silence people, you know, to go through the stuff and say what they thought needed to be silenced. And it all comes down to the Hunter laptop. They wanted that silenced because it would have hurt Joey. And the only reason Joey... Uh, ran for president in 2019 announces because the FBI had that in their possession, the laptop in their possession, they knew what was on it, and it was to protect himself from prosecution. What? And when Trump made that phone call, he knew that what information was out there, some of it, and whether he knew all of it, <clears throat> I don't know. All but right, he knew on. some of it. When, well, so when he made that phone call to Ukraine, 
he asked. It wasn't illegal. So, it wasn't illegal to tell to have the FBI suggest to someone that there could be Russian disinformation. I mean, that the, they may have they done something wrong. They were doing more than suggesting, Joe. No, but they but that doesn't mean you know that the people at Twitter may have felt, and I'm I'm not well, defending still a them. Private company, right? They may have felt they that were they were doing what they needed to do. Eighty FBI agents working with Twitter. They were flagging post on Twitter, the FBI was, and telling Twitter to look at those. But they weren't when the, telling When the FBI is flagging posts and telling them that they, they are suspect, that's a problem okay. for all America. They weren't telling them not to use them. They were warning them that there may be Russian disinformation. <laughs> and if the Which Twitter, we know is a lie. If Twitter decided to go ahead and act on that, that's on them. You know, they should have been the ones who have looked a little deeper, dug a little deeper to determine whether or not, or they should have stood up for free speech and said, All no, right. we're going to run it no matter what. We got it's, you, Stan. Thank you. Now, now they, they, they were lying. They knew it and they, all along. So it was all big, big scam. They were lying to us. We're being lied to by the federal government constantly. All right. It's all out you. there. Just go look for it. You'll right. see. Thank you, Have sir. Have a great Thank day. You. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank Enjoy you for the cold. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's going to be 10 degrees this weekend. All right. Stand by. Eric, we'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You do that. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Yeah, I get to take uh, On the Mark off tomorrow and Thursday, but I'll be back on Friday. But Friday's the best of On the Mark. So so I might be back on Friday, too, if I happen to be on that program. Uh, you will be back okay. on, I guarantee you. I've, I've seen this. Do I get residuals? Uh, no. No, okay. Darn. You, you barely get a stipend now. No. <laughs> <laughs> 10% of nothing is... Pretty, is that what they pay you? Is that well, what they pay 10% residuals? Okay. 10% of 50 cents is not enough to do anything. All right. Eric, you are on the mark. Thanks for patience. You're on the mark. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. Before we get too wrapped up in things, I have my wife sitting next to me, so she says I have to be a little more positive today, it being Christmas week and all. But a very Merry Christmas to you, gentlemen, you and yours. And I thank you for uh, the forum you provide for all of us. Uh, and hopefully we'll continue that into 2023. Okay, enough of the niceties. Okay, Stan. Oh, my goodness, Stan. <laughs> uh, I'm concerned about Stan. First of all, we know he's a gun dealer or an arms dealer. That, that's a concern. Um uh, he, he's why complaining about uh, us supporting hey, why, uh, why, Eric, nation, which was invaded. Eric, why is that a concern? Yeah, that makes him a good agent. Well, no, no, no. no I, 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 that was my preamble, as it were, gentlemen. Um, here, here, here's my, my facts. Uh, he, he's yelling about the United States uh, providing uh, support to an independent nation, which was invaded by an aggressor. 
right? Yep. I wonder if we go back in history, was Stan's grandfather one of those guys back in 1940-41 screaming that Roosevelt had put in place the Lend-Lease program? Um, uh, I don't know. Could be, right? Maybe history repeating itself. But then now Stan's concerned about the FBI. Um, are you guys concerned about the FBI? I'm not. I have nothing to hide or be concerned about. Um, I think the FBI mm. should look into things. Uh, but they're I mean, very they're, partisan. They're, they're quite sleazy. capable of corruption. There's, and this uh, helping Twitter to monitor Democrats or I Republicans think, is think J. Edgar not good. Hoover set the tone. The only difference right. is I don't think they wear dresses <laughs> now. Yeah, the FBI's been shady yeah. since the get-go. Now, well, now, now we can't say that. I mean, uh, at times, perhaps, but uh, uh, but that's not the reason I called. Uh, <laughs> positivity. Uh, Linda Schlegel becoming my state, state uh, senator would love that. Um, with with the gerrymandering situation, uh, Ms. Schlegel became our representative here in Southern Snyder County, um, and love that. Well, at the time, Fred Keller was doing his antics. Uh, would love to see Ms. Schlegel become our. I, represent us and become our senator i think i think we still be in her district right because she's taking over for the other guy yes, I think so. yes. She, uh, snyder county is positive. in her district snyder county's in her district oh, so, but union so county be, is not be, so there you go joe you say i will never support a republican well there you go so, so that 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 that, that invalidates that and from the WK, um, from the wkok newsroom hell has frozen over <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I apologize. I've been very busy with family things. Haven't been able to call in. But uh, just the things we're seeing happening that, that from the Fred Keller camp down in, in, in Washington, uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, um, and but now now that the the information coming out is just so damning that that Fred went to Washington and became Washington Ice and everything, and then <laughs> and ludicrous the ludicrous things he was trying to do to support the maniac and and then and then of course he he voted to you know to not certify the election i mean there you go i mean happy that guy is uh off doing something else and uh happy if he came on the air sometime to chat with us but of course he won't come on the air either and after the 20th or whatever it is of january we won't have to worry about him doing much of anything well it was very very uh interesting editorial written by i think bill bowman in the daily item the other day about that issue and uh, i read that yeah i I did read that very Mm -hmm. interesting yeah, uh, but uh, I believe the facts are the matter. And then as to uh, President Trump, well, let's look at it this way. Okay, so let's say let's let's take the presidency out of it. Okay, he was a president, which of course gave greater authority to what he said and greater meaning and, and to those who were blindly following him. But let's say Joe that that this was he wasn't president on the sixth. Let's say he was just a person who had gathered a bunch of people, right, and then um, incited them and directed them. And then as a result of his direction and, and the people saying, yeah, I, I did it because he told me to, there's culpability then uh, to if a felony has occurred. Is there not? Well, that would depend on the words he used. In other words, if he said, gee, I think this is a terrible thing, it shouldn't have happened, and they on the take that as some call to action, that's not on him. But if he says, let's go down there and fight like hell and rip up the Capitol and stick people over the head with flagpoles, then it's a different situation. But he did Which say, go happened. there. No, he also said, go there peacefully. I mean, I think it's... <laughs> that was just yeah. a liability He turned it to their back after they had already turned and were assaulting the Capitol. I, and then, and then, and then as president, was silent for how many, almost three hours? And then we know now through the investigation how many people were begging him, Mr. President, Mr. President, please do something. 
Yeah, you know? I think the uh, what Liz Cheney read yesterday kind of hit me in, in a way. He said that he sat in the dining room off the White House, off the Oval Office, for hours watching it unfold on TV. If he did, in fact, sit there and do nothing, then that is on him. Well, we know he did nothing, except at one point he tweeted out that the vice president uh, is a liar. You know, so that didn't calm anything down. Yeah, what, what if, what if, uh, heaven forbid... They, they would have gotten into the chamber. They would have, they would have, uh, would have found you know Vice President Pence in the mood of that that mob. Do we think they would have just what just what what put him in irons and drug him off to the White House to put him in front of the president? I mean, what, what the precipitous edge that our country was on January sixth. Well, there's I a, don't want anyone to ever forget, as ever I gone, watched it unfold, and many have watched it unfold live. You ever gone the to closest a foot, thing Eric, I can tell you to that was watching 9-11. Eric, today. have you ever gone to a football game or a basketball yell, game and yell, kill the ref? I mean, there's a <laughs> no, big difference. I don't there, yell, kill no, the ref, finish. I yell something else. There, but there's no, a, there, I, I understand, uh, yes. Eric, let, the, me finish, the, let me finish. There is a big difference between yelling, uh, hang Mike Pence, and actually hanging Mike Pence. <laughs> and erecting a gallows. Right. But if he, okay, Joe, but if he would have actually found him, and they would have hung him. And that, that was a, a distinct possibility. I mean, they beat that living crap out of how many guards, right? The, the one lady who forced well in the chamber was shot because the, the guards were doing their job. People All right. died. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Thank Eric. You. Yep, thanks for calling in. All right, January 6th, we got two different opinions. We'll take more comers. We got Scott McFarland from CBS News. We're going to be checking in at 9.06, but first, CBS News. Then we'll have local headlines and we'll open up the phones. We love your January 6th observations. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's across from me. Lynn Hall is our fabulous producer. On the other side of the glass, our good listener, Craig, sent us an email that's about 400 words, way too long to read. We'll read what we can. I think, Mike, maybe the first sentence of everything might uh, help us to get through it, but uh, it really talks about uh, the real heart of Hunter's Hunter Biden's lap top what's really going on there what's really going on with the fbi and twitter and and people uh, just not doing their jobs in washington dc it seems as though the vortex does not just remove the brain matter of elected individuals although that's plainly obvious it seems like a lot of the individuals uh, who work in washington fbi and white house and congress uh, uh, staff also lose their ability to think clearly as well all right scott mcfarland hopefully we'll get connected with him we just sent a note out to cbs to triple check that we're uh, doing everything right around here uh, so we'll keep you posted about that you're listening to news radio 1070 wkok sunbury on the mark sponsor by the sunbury motor company check them out at sunburymotors.com until we get scott mcfarlane on the line uh, we will open up the lines our toll-free line now open 1-800-795-9565 you can email us at on the mark at wkok.com and you can text us at 7 
877-237-0236. You always got to include the keyword OTM. Haven't seen anybody use the Text Connect yet today, so that is open and available uh, for you to use. We do have some brief news headlines. Law enforcement agencies in Northumberland and Montreux County is going to receive some grant funding to help them uh, with more resources to implement information technology improvements, purchase and upgrade. We'll finish that news story a little bit later on because we do have Scott McFarland on the line. Uh, he is a multi-multi-award winning Emmy and uh, Murrow award winning journalist from CBS News. Tw- decades of experience uh, covering the U.S. Congress and uh, he was on Capitol Hill yesterday as the pronouncements from the January 6th uh, committee. It must were have been an exciting day for him. <laughs> it was. Was that it exciting? Was. It was. Yeah. It's history. I mean, no matter one's thoughts on January 6th of the investigation, when a congressional panel recommends criminal charges against a former president, you know you're looking at history book material. Well, we sure are. Absolutely. Well, my first question is, was there something uncovered in January 6th that the Department of Justice won't or didn't or doesn't have access to? We know that this is just a recommendation. We know the Department of Justice is doing full-blown grand jury investigations. Is this going to be a big report that they're going to say, wow, this is very helpful, we needed this, we didn't have this? No, that's a great question. First of all, it's definitely going to be a big report. We know this because the summary they released yesterday was 160 pages. So wow. if that's wow. the summary, the report's going to be a monster. Um, a few things. This committee has certainly simplified or given Cliff's notes or a cheat sheet to the Department of Justice by doing such a laborious 18-month investigation. I mean, this committee did 1,000 interviews, collected more than a million records. They have now teed this up for the Department of Justice, kind of done the work for them in some regards. Makes life a lot easier, but it also increases the political pressure on the Department of Justice to move on this. After all these nationally televised hearings, millions of people, all this damning evidence, if the Department of Justice doesn't move, they may have more to answer for. Well, Scott, the Republicans, of course, are calling this a highly uh, partisan group. You know, do you think the fact that there wasn't more and more aggressive Republican representation on this committee will damage its credibility going forward? Sure. I've heard both sides of this argument in the last 24 hours. First of all, I heard from a former federal prosecutor, a nonpartisan type, who said, if they had had some dissenting voices on this committee, you know, a few real, perhaps ardent supporters of the former president, they may have battle-tested some of this evidence, made it more, you know, solid for prosecutors to move on if it had been, you know, subject to more vigorous scrutiny and debate publicly. So there's an argument to be made the Department of Justice might be better served by a referral from a committee that was composed of dueling sides. The other side is, because Republicans boycotted this committee, and they did boycott it, they gave this committee the latitude to synchronize and choreograph everything they did to put on a show at, that may have influenced Americans. So they've left Donald Trump vulnerable to a committee that put on what was compelling testimony and visuals. They also uh, had some ethics uh, violation pronouncements about Congressman Scott Perry here from Pennsylvania, his district just a few miles from here, and uh, and some other congressmen and women as well. What happens to those? The Department of Justice, do they get those as well? Just say, point of personal privilege, uh, Scott Perry's district is one of the great 
pieces of America. My my extended family is there. I spent Thanksgiving and Christmas in Harrisburg. It's just lovely. So let me just start off with that. Um, not germane to the question. Um, now, the ethics referrals are something different than a problem. Referrals of Scott Perry and three of his colleagues, including two of whom are jockeying to be the next Speaker of the House, is an internal review of that violation of the ethics rule. Hmm. Not answering subpoenas. Um, the ethics committee is the only committee in Congress divided from both parties. Equal number of Democrats and Republicans, so you need bipartisan agreement for them to do anything. Doubtful they get bipartisan agreement to move on Scott Perry or his colleagues. So that may just languish and nothing may come of it. But there's also the potential, and this is worth mentioning, of some three-dimensional chess that this committee has worked. If the Ethics Committee does not move against Scott Perry and his colleagues, Republicans take over the House in January and they start subpoenaing Democrats, Democrats can say, we don't have to answer either. (laughs) It's not not unethical, it's not illegal, we're not answering your subpoenas either. Well, what do you think, the, the from the standpoint of what you've seen in Washington and what you hear, is there a consensus for or against Merrick Garland actually prosecuting the president? I Public pressure may be more important than the theories inside the Beltway and here in Washington. This committee had a huge audience, a huge audience, that television networks gave them the luxury of attaining by giving them nationally televised hearings. Tens of millions of people watched these hearings. And again, these were choreographed, synchronized hearings that told a compelling story because the members spoke with one voice, which Congress almost never does. So the pressure may be coming from citizens, the Commonwealth, and then throughout America, that we just saw a damning picture put in front of our television sets. If there's no prosecution, the Department of Justice may have to answer for that to America, not to Washington. There seems to be some kind of an elephant in the room regarding security failures and how much intelligence was known and and what Nancy Pelosi did. What happened to all that? Yeah, now that's important for two reasons. First of all, we read through the executive summary of this final report that's coming tomorrow. There was very little bandwidth given to the security failures, which were acute and to a degree deadly and need to be addressed. This committee did not get into the weeds on that, and that was part of the mission people anticipated they were going to have. Um, so they'll have an answer for that. Um, one of the political talking points that I try to disabuse people of, no matter their political background, is the security failures that occurred aren't Nancy Pelosi's. And that's one thing Donald Trump's been saying, and Donald Trump's been making a baseless claim. The security of the U.S. Capitol was both parties' responsibilities on January 6, 2021. It was partly Speaker Pelosi and equally Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's. So if there was a failure of security and planning, both parties have skin in the game. And that's something that Donald Trump has weaponized. Okay, well, we're losing Scott here. Scott McFarland, you still there? I'm here. I'm oh, here. Okay. I'm, we, I'm, we, I'm fighting little, through. We've got a little cell phone harmonics there. Uh, Joe, well, when another they, question. When the final report is out and everybody, in theory, gets a chance to scrutinize it, digest it, and consider all the implications of it, how much do you feel people will put pressure on Capitol Hill to do something or to the Justice Department to do something? I mean, is it... Is it likely that they, that this public opinion to talk about will actually force Merrick Garland to do something? 
I don't know. They seem to be immune to most political pressure, but he did appoint a special counsel to look into this and handle this investigation. It's now kind of out of Garland's hands. So the special counsel should be more immune to public pressure or political pressure. But there's going to be some hard questions if no indictment comes down after what this committee shows. I'm saying it's wrong or right. Just saying the committee had a huge audience and a powerful set of hearings. Well, they're referring some of this material to the Bar Association, too, for possible action against the attorneys involved. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a, probably an easier road to hoe if they did something that's ethically improper, don't you? Yeah, so we've already seen Bar Associations move on some of these players, including Rudy Giuliani here in Washington, D.C. I expect that to be a component of what we read tomorrow in the final report. What about the Hope Hicks the surprise. We heard remarkably little about her, and then all of a sudden we see a new video and really more compelling moments that more and more people are interested in stopping President Trump or getting him to stop the January 6th. Is that a pivot point that is as noteworthy as maybe I think it is? That was more of the theater, I think. They just kept folding in little new nuggets every hearing, and they saved one for this hearing, they saved one for that hearing. Yesterday they had a whole pick. <laughs> that may have been recently obtained, I think was part of the theater of this committee. And they've gotten some criticism for being theatrical, but they're also trying to command America's attention during a very busy time of year, and they did. They got some attention yesterday, so I suppose it worked. Well, uh, Joe and I always fail to ask the biggest and best questions, so what is the unasked question that no one's talking about that is in the back of your mind that you know about? Well... Timetable. If there's going to be an indictment of Donald Trump, when and where? The where's pretty easy. Likely it be in the District of Columbia. That's where every other January 6th defendant has been charged. Um, when may be determined by the election calendar. He's a declared candidate for the White House in 2024. If they're going to go with an indictment, they may not want to get too close to November 2024. It means they might move sooner than we otherwise would have expected. But I'll note this. In the District of Columbia, the Department of Justice has tried dozens of candidates, of, of, I'm sorry, defendants um, for January 6th crimes. They have secured convictions in front of juries, at least partial convictions, 100% of the time. Hmm. That is ominous for anybody being charged with a January 6th case here. Well, Scott, with the Republicans set to take over the House, can they kill this thing, bury it, or once the report's issued, is it just out there for someone else to take action on? Anything else you see in the political process here? This committee is dead January 2nd. They are done um, as a panel. The House Republicans have been unequivocal about that. They want this thing gone. Um, the report is being released now so that it exists somewhere in some place, so that it's not scrubbed by the, in- the incoming House Republican majority. But they've already rung the bell. can't be unrung. Uh, the written report, though a codification and a kind of a historical tome to what this committee did, isn't the thing that's going to change hearts and minds. I think the panel's hearings did, and there are a lot of political analysts who credit this committee with changing the outcomes of some of the midterm elections. A lot of those close races involving a lot of election deniers went the Democrats' way 
You all saw that in Pennsylvania, especially. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, good luck to your Orange men. I hope they get back in the winning ways again soon. This is uh, tough to watch. Such a great team not not doing as well this year, but uh, I'm sure you're enjoying that as well. But and, that, or not enjoying that as well. And as a Harrisburg native myself, <laughs> welcome back to our central part of the state. <laughs> Best part of America. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Scott Thanks, McFarland, God. CBS News congressional correspondent, been on the job for 20 years uh, at uh, CBS, worked at NBC affiliates ahead of time. Uh, and Edward R. Murrow, winner multiple times over, an Emmy Award winner uh, for his reporting. So uh, super objective. And, he knows uh, his stuff. He's hard to interview because it's hard to. Uh, we're so used to opinions <laughs> around here, and he has none. Well, so. he's not allowed to express opinions. We should point that out. Right. And I, you always have to couch your questions. I actually said to him, what do you think? And I realized oh, okay. I shouldn't have said Oops. that. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll fly if, if need be. All, All right. right. I'm going to finish the headlines, and then we'll hit the uh, commercial button, in, but we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. We have sufficient texts and emails to read these out loud for the next three days, but uh, we'll favor phone calls. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and start talking about law enforcement grants that will help implement information technology, upgrade equipment, non-traditional law enforcement personnel, hours, retention, recruitment, and training, and uh, Cole Township, Milton, Mount Carmel Borough, Mount Carmel Township, Sunbury, Watson Town, and Mahoning Township receiving that uh, funding from the state. Uh, Pennsylvania Congressman, as we talked about, whose district reaches into Upper Dolphin County, is being recommended for an ethics inquiry by the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack at the U.S. Capitol. As the panel referred criminal charges against former President Trump to the Justice Department, it also recommended that four House members, including Central PA Congressman Scott Perry, be subject to inquiries by the House Ethics Committee. Perry, a strong ally of Trump, was among those who failed to comply with subpoenas to appear before the committee. At the time he was subpoenaed back in May, Perry called the committee an illegitimate body and referred to its work as a political witch hunt. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. $69 million from the nation's new infrastructure funding package is going toward construction of the CSVT Southern Section. Monday, U.S. Senator Bob Casey announced the funding for the six mile four lane highway to connect Sealands Grove to Winfield. The northern section of the CSVT between Winfield and Montana is nearly complete. In addition to the $69 million grant for the CSVT, Senator Casey says Pennsylvania stands to compete for even more funding. From the program in future years, the southern section will connect to Routes 11 and 15 near Sealands Grove to U.S. Route 15 Winfield with the Route 61 connector right through Joe's backyard. The project will also... Is it your backyard or your front yard? Uh, it's nowhere near my yard. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the pro- in the vicinity, but nowhere near. Okay. The project will include an interchange and connector with Shimokan Dam to Route 61. One of the goals is to divert traffic away from Shimokan Dam, where Joe McGranahan has been complaining about traffic no for years. No, I haven't. And AP <laughs> is reporting Pennsylvania's former top law enforcement, who once served jail time for leaking secret investigative files and lying about it, was acquitted Monday of drunken driving. A Lackawanna County judge acquitted the former AG Kathleen Kane of drunken driving and careless driving after a one-day bench trial in Scranton. Kane, who's 56, was charged by Scranton police after she got into a minor car crash March 12th. Police say she told officers she was a designated driver, but surveillance video showed uh, she herself had been drinking alcohol at a Scranton 
Manhattan restaurant shortly before the crash. According to a police affidavit, officers asserting Kane had watery bloodshot eyes, slurred speech, and failed a field sobriety test. Her lawyer said police body camera footage showed her entering and exiting a vehicle without difficulty. He added that officers made her take a field sobriety test on a snow and ice covered parking lot in a driving wind. Uh, she was set up to fail, he said in a phone interview after the verdict. Kane was taken to a DUI processing center uh, where the staff said they did not smell alcohol nor detect impairment. Uh, police say Kane refused a blood test. Lackawanna County DA Mark Powell said he was disappointed in the judge's decision. No, she refused the blood test, so she loses her license no matter what. I don't know. I'm if, pretty if, sure you if, do. Well, but if the whole charge turns out to be acquitted, uh, maybe not. obstruction, eight months, jail time, treatment. I'm pretty sure crash, that you, uh, if you refuse to take that, you'd lose your license for a period of time. Right, right. Doesn't say anything pretty about sure. that. No. Maybe but maybe not. since the case turned out to be trumped up in the eyes of the judge in his final verdict, maybe that throws well, I think out. What the he really said was the state didn't prove its case. Right. Yeah, the blood test thing is up, pretty clear. you got to submit. It's part of your implied consent. But if consent. somebody's asking me to stand on one foot on a rainy, wind, windy day on ice, <laughs> I don't think I'd do it either. <laughs> All right. I would start oh. on the right and move left. All right. Um, let's see. These are from our texters. Pelosi violated House rules by not allowing the minority leader to put his selected members on the January 6th committee. Where's her ethics referral for rules violation? Well, it's coming. Republicans say the first thing they're going to do, they got seven investigations to do as soon as they well, get they're not, there. They're not going to do anything with Nancy Pelosi. She's the one that wouldn't let them appoint the uh, the uh, committee the way the Republicans wanted it. No, but but I think Scott made an excellent point. If they had had some serious, you know, counter-pushing going on down there in the committee, it would have a lot more validity than right, it does. Right, it would be more helpful. Well, but I think the Republicans say that Nancy Pelosi's lack of uh, impetus on the security and the January 6th committee is part of their investigation. She's going to be investigated. Well, I hope so. Then uh, another one says, Hey, McFarland, did the January 6th committee look at Democrat communications like Pelosi's and Schumer's leading up to January 6th? No. Well, do we, we know, know that? that for sure. No. Uh, then, I, then another one says, When I hear people like Eric use disingenuous, hysterical, hyperbolic language about the January 6th protests, I want to barf. Right. It was normal. Tourism, Tourism action. Right. That's all it Someone was. Someone opened the doors. Right. We want to see who opened the doors. Stab Like just the other week, I went down to Washington to visit my congressman, and I stabbed a couple Capitol Police with a flag <laughs> you beat anybody? stab. You beat them with a flag stab, didn't you? Normal <laughs> tour. Oh, and then the Break other any ones. windows? Uh, yes, with a fire extinguisher, and then Take I threw Nancy it at Take Nancy Pelosi's cops. computer by any chance? I did, <laughs> and I covered her office with fire extinguisher dust because that's what normal tourists do now. Lynn, would you please call the Capitol Police and tell them Mark, <laughs> Mark just is here now. Right now. <laughs> Eric is a Trump hater. Known fact. Grow up. Okay, that's right. another text. Then get facts straight, Eric. Trump never told people to attack the Capitol. He was still speaking when people went in the Capitol. Hard to insight from a distance, distance I guess maybe. is what he means. Hey, Eric, up yours. The FBI is <laughs> acting like the Stasi and Gestapo. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that was harsh. And then uh, the FBI has uh, was demanding that Twitter take down Biden's laptop in 
info. Right, we got you. Yep, that's okay. all bad stuff. All, all right. right, and this is January yes. 6th also. Uh, Doug says, yes, January 6th was a sad day in our history. It's sad that so many people got caught up in this PR stunt. You've got to be a special kind of stupid to think that those in charge of protecting the Capitol were caught off guard. Everyone knew that there would be thousands and thousands of people in D.C. that day, and you can't get close to that building without clearance any other time. We know the Capitol Police opened doors and let people in, and we know that Antifa and the FBI were there trying to get trouble started. Oh, brother. The doors to the Capitol are huge, reinforced doors with all the latest security, yet we are to believe that people just busted in like they could in a common house with doors bought at Lowe's. Yet, so I have a strong door bought at Lowe's. Yet, so many people brought into this farce and continued, bought into this farce and continue to buy into it today. What our government did in lying about COVID and taking over people's lives is far more damaging than anything that happened on January 6th. Signed, Doug. All right. Appreciate that. We'll take the quickie break as promised, but we'll open up the phone lines. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would just love to hear from you today. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. On the mark, we got a caller standing by. Hello, sir. Go right ahead. Good morning, Harry. Hey, good morning, guys. In case I don't talk to you the rest of the week, have a Merry Christmas. And you too. Uh, thank you. Uh, there are a couple things. One, uh, I don't know if it's still the same, but I know in the past it was always if you uh, refused a breathalyzer or a field sobriety test, as uh, Kathleen Kane did, that was called implied consent, and that was an automatic six month license suspension. That's what I as thought. As far as I yeah. know, it's still that way, but I don't know if it is or not, and it could be that that's going to count as already served for her. Who knows? But anyway, that's what it used to be called, implied consent. You were admitting your guilt by not taking it. <clears throat> the other thing I'd like to talk about is I understand the uh, points about uh, uh, you know the Republicans going off the committee, and and I and I thought that was theatrical, but I thought the whole committee was theatrical, and and it was pretty much a preordained preordained decision anyhow, and and I think to not have a voice or the opportunity to have a voice um, would have made it even more of a sham to leave people on. So I understand what you're saying, but I just think the whole thing was a sham, and to participate in it, making even more of one. There wasn't going to be any evidence or any points that they brought up that was going to be allowed to be be uh, uh, 
broadcast to everybody else, or not broadcast, but pointed out to everybody else anyhow. So the whole thing was, I mean, this whole thing was, you knew where this was headed when they first started this hearing. And I am one of, uh, I don't know, I am, I am somebody who can say I am proud that I have not seen one second of any of these uh, kangaroo court proceedings. And quite frankly, I think the whole thing is a waste of time, effort, and money. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, but look at all the things that President Trump did. Uh, it, I think they should get to the bottom up, find out who's culpable, hand up uh, the recommendations. I mean, look at all the stuff that we've uncovered that's critically important to well, know. Your former congressman, I, Fred Keller, was in on it, and Scott Perry was not too far from here. Mark Meadows was uh, the orchestrator, and uh, this attorney Eastman, and Rudy Giuliani. I mean, these are all indictable things. I, I guess, but isn't it indictable too that that uh, access was was so much easier than it would be at any other time uh, that, that you visited the Capitol? Isn't it an indictable offense that there was no security uh, when people knew there were going to be thousands of extra people there? Isn't it indictable that uh, that the, the the leader of the Senate, the leader of the House, and, and the leader of security for all of that? We're, uh, we're culpable in not providing security for anything. Where, where is, if you're going to talk about culpability, talk about it from top to bottom, or otherwise don't talk about it at all. Well, I think the January 6th committee investigations, you could probably say they're half over now. The first half was to get Donald Trump, and the second half is going to be the Republicans say that their main hook on the next one is to investigate security and the in, in, intelligence failures that led to this. The fact that, you know, it was plainly obvious that President Trump was doing this, that the Proud Boys were doing this, that everybody knew what was going to happen, that the president was instructed to make sure that that he told them to turn off the magnetometer so the weapons could get through. Fortunately, the people at the front lines there refused to do that. But nonetheless, uh, it's that's going to be the second half, and that's what the Republicans say will be their focus is intelligence and security failures uh, prior to this, and that's where you're going to find Nancy Pelosi caught up in this because she's part of the decision makers, and it's going to indict President Trump again. He's in charge of the National Guard and declined throughout to this very day to ever associate the National Guards. You know, somebody else had to do it. So uh, I think that uh, we're half done, and your questions will be answered. But that in no way diminishes the actual findings of the first half of the January 6th committee that was run by Democrats. You know, these are real indictable offense. I mean, the takeaways are plainly obvious that uh, President Trump was in on this, and Giuliani and Congressman Keller was, you know, I, I don't know how to say it, what, encouraging a new lie, not that that's a crime, but saying, hey, why don't you just tell Raffensperger this? This is a new way to get out of it. So, um, I, it, I, And I understand what you're saying, but I also think that if you have if you have a try, if you have a, an event that happens here in Sunbury, for example, Mark, and you have a hundred people who share the same viewpoint and leave nobody else come in who, who has a different viewpoint, you're going to find all the offenses and all the answers that you wanted. And I think that's the tragedy of this. And I do say tragedy without using it lightly, in my opinion, because we are not talking about a rule of law. We are talking about a rule of political uh, political bias here. And then the fact that I don't know that it is, I don't think there are any innocent people in this. I really don't. Not from Trump on down. But I think that to think that this is only the first half 
when you would never have any consensus to be able to go any further, especially with the Democrat-controlled Senate, to take it further all the way through, it never happened. You won't have enough. You won't have enough impetus to get this to go to indictments and trials and ethics commissions for somebody like Pelosi and McDonnell or McConnell and all, and uh, and uh, and that waste from New York Schumer. There's there's nothing. But don't there's you, nothing that's going to happen with this except for headlines. Don't you want to get to the bottom of all happen. this, Harry? Don't you want to get to the bottom of this and find out what really happened and who's really at fault? Because let's face it, it was a bad day for the United States of America, and it, somebody should. It pay. was a bad day for the United States of America, but we already know who's at fault. The same person that's been at fault for everything for the last five or six years, Donald Trump, and and it's over. The 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 you know the the trial is over. If you have enough to indict him, indict him, and if not, move on and and let's get on with the real world. But if should he be enough indicted? To indict him, then just do the indictment. From what well, you you said, you haven't seen any of, and you're proud you haven't seen any of the any of the yeah. hearings. I saw very little, but I did see a lot of coverage on them, and it seems to me that well, they I made saw a, coverage. Yeah, it seems to me they made a, a, a <laughs> I won't say compelling, but a convincing case that Donald Trump left at least a lot to be desired in his actions that day. <laughs> Whether it rises to the level I, of criminal culpability or not is a subject for debate. I think. Well, that, and that's fine, but that's what I'm saying. If you feel you have it, then don't waste any more time on this dog and pony show. Do the indictment, and let's get to the bottom of it. But we're not getting to the bottom of anything on this. This is PR now. All right, that's we all. got you. All right, well, thank you so I much, Harry. I like a good dog and pony show. <laughs> if they, if they know a lot of good tricks. Enough, if I want to go to the circus, I'll go to the real circus. I'm tired of watching, watching it from Washington. Are there any <laughs> circuses left? All right, thank you so much, Harry. Thanks for calling in. All right, 1-800-795-956. Well, Cirque Bar- du Soleil. I think Barnum and Bailey's shut her down. Yeah, they right? shut her down. All right, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 702. Two three six. If you want to see the last Barnum and Bailey train going through Sunbury, we got the video posted at WKOK.com. <laughs> Must be way back. <laughs> no, it was, mm, I videotaped it about four years ago. I'd well, say that's way back, brother. <laughs> Not at your age. <laughs> no, it's like a right. blip. It's like a sliver of your lifetime. You're right. <laughs> watching the video of the last circus train going through Sunbury. He's reliving his childhood over here, folks. <laughs> Barnum and Bailey trained 110 cars in 2017, April of 2017. So I was um, not too far a year and off a half of my four-year-old. And there four apparently year, are, what, one, two, three, four, five circuses active in the United States now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And are they, they confine themselves to rail lines I also? don't know. Never heard of them. Loomis Brothers Circus, that's vaguely familiar. Jordan World, Cardin International, Royal Hannaford. Now that sounds familiar too and Carson and Barnes hmm. so those are the five so when, and when we would have circuses around here 
uh, who would put those on? They used to be like the well, Lions I mean, There were club. a lot of third-rate circuses that came into towns with civic clubs. I can remember in my madcap youth in Chambersburg, we our J.C. chapter brought in a circus, and we got the use of a piece of land that was near the railroad tracks, and the only deal was we had to clean up the mess after they left, mm-hmm. and the elephants made quite a mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was not one of my happier days. Well, welcome back, everybody. It is the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we got on the subject of circuses because our good call, uh, caller, Harry, says that the January 6th committee and uh, maybe the follow-up, the second half put on by Republicans focusing on intel and Can you uh, security failures. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come see Donald Trump indicted. <laughs> That's right. This is your opportunity to see, see what... See the funny little clown. Elderly, creepy, <laughs> senile, old, fraudulent, solicitous... Perverted. Now, who are we talking about, Buffoon. Biden or Trump? <laughs> either way, either way. Uh, how corrupt can you get? So, yeah, they were. The January 6th committee was really irritated about uh, him encouraging Mike Pence to overturn the electorates, too. I was surprised that they really focused on Look, that. Donald Trump did some bad stuff. Whether again, whether it rises is that to corrupt the level of though to encourage Pence, I, I I think it's terrible to do. But is it illegal to encourage Pence to do something wrong? Well, I don't know. If I tell you to go rob a bank and you actually do rob a bank, are they going to charge me for telling you to do it or you for mm-hmm. doing it? I don't I think, think they're so. they're going to charge you for doing it. And Yeah, I don't if think... If I told you to jump off the Empire State Building, you know, and you went ahead and did it, that wouldn't be my fault. Somewhere you have a, an, an obligation to <laughs> rationally assess the implications of your actions. But you would feel... Awful. Well, <laughs> <laughs> initially. Oh, my God, maybe I encourage I'd him. I'd get over it. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, thanks a lot. All right, just for that, I'm not working the rest of the week with okay, you. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, you see, oh, let me reintroduce everybody. Uh, Joe McGranahan is here, natural-born commis- uh, conservative. <laughs> no, you're not a commissioner. Natural-born conservative. He's a good Republican. He's never missed an election in almost 20 years. And he is uh, well, pretty close-minded about most things, but... He's very vocal about the things that he believes. So you can call us. I'm Mark Lawrence, I've always a subpar performer, and I portray a liberal on the radio, so I try to ask some provocative questions once in a while if I can. And we had jo- uh, Scott McFarlane on the line earlier from CBS News, objective reporter, multi-award winner, and just a super, super talented, and is uh, talked about some of the, the good questions that remain after the January 6th committee. But Tom so, says he's wrong. Well, I'll tell you, that we'll get to that in one split second. So that is what's happening, but we invite you to call us 1-800-795-9565. What's your view on the circus? That was the January 6th committee. What's your view on the fact that Republicans say, well, now they're going to launch their own January 6th committee, and it'll focus on the intelligence failures, and that will catch up uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, the uh, security details and the National Guard not being summoned and these sort of things. And so what's your view on that Topic. Is this much ado about nothing? Should we not waste any more money? Republicans say they have seven investigations ready. Hunter Biden, Nancy Pelosi, January 6th, uh, um, and the pandemic response by the good doctor. Uh, these are the things.
things that Dr. Fauci, so these are the things that uh, they want to look into. What's your view? 1-800-795-9565. Sunbury Motor Company has a definitive opinion about this. They want you to listen to On the Mark and then come down to the Sunbury Motor Company on North 4th Street in Sunbury or go to the Kia dealership on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. If you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle, they have some premiumly perfect vehicles for you to look at. If you want to buy one of their vehicles on the lots, uh, they have some great sales people like Alphonse, Jason, and Chris, and Tony, and Ernie, and Austin, and Jeff, who will get you hooked up. Or you can talk to Tony. He's the king of the allocations. If you want a lightning pickup truck, you're going to have to wait over a year for it now because Ford's so far behind. But it might be the very best investment you ever made. Or you want one of those Kia EV6 uh, electric vehicles. Consumer Reports says it's the best electric car in the world right now. Uh, you're going to have to wait. But uh, Tony will get you hooked up and make sure that uh, you're next in line. Or if you just need your vehicle tuned up, quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Or you're job hunting. They're looking for experienced technicians or starters, entry-level folks, first jobbers or career changers. Joe, this could work out for you down at the Sunbury Motor Company. You'd be good in the parts department. You're good at memorizing things, and they have to memorize where everything is. So uh, Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. Al's on the line from Northumberland. He's a big Donald Trump supporter, so he dismisses outright the hard work and good findings of the uh, ultra-intelligent January 6th committee. What's your view, Al? Well, yesterday um, I called in, and anyways, I hung up when we got to the Saints. <laughs> I thought that was enough. I, you know, he's LC, low class. He, he's not NC. But anyways, uh, no class. Uh, I think uh, Trump had the right to ask Mike Pence to check on the uh, uh, the electors and start the process. And that all he would be doing was looking, and uh, the biggest guy that stuck his neck out was Ted Cruz because he seconded it after, uh, well, Mike Pence never brought it up. But there was a senator that brought it up, and then Mike, then uh, Ted Cruz seconded. But it wasn't against the law. There is a provision there that we can challenge the election. The setting president can challenge the election. Yeah, where 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 do you see that in the Constitution of the United States? <laughs> that a sitting president has the right to try to overthrow the government to avoid his own defeat. No, picking new electors to look at it, not the, to look into the process. Yeah, but it was 100% up and up. It was certified. But he didn't have to look into it. He asked him to stop Pence from certifying it. Well, that's what you have to do to look into it. Well, yeah, but there was plenty of time from the election in November till January 6th to look into it. Well, in both houses is where you have to do it. Then it has to have a motion. All right, but if it fails that, if the people believe it wasn't... If it fails that, then it's over. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. There are a lot of Republicans who believe that the election was fair and square and that Donald Trump lost. There are, I think there are very few Democrats who feel that the election was rigged. The election was tainted. Awfully tainted. How? With COVID and the voting in early and all the stories we heard and uh, what was that... that video they put out uh, with the mule. Okay, but let's say let's say you're right. Let's say COVID, COVID caused a great uproar in the election. 
I'm willing to concede that the people who tried to accommodate voters did so in the belief that it would be awfully difficult to get people out to the polls on a given day. So I don't have any problem with that. Did they make mistakes? Yes. But did they make five million votes worth of mistakes? I don't think they did. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> you are. Well, that's a belief. It's a firmly held belief, but it's based on faith and not based on reality. That's based on reality that I'm not saying about the votes. You, you put words in people's mouths. I'm saying the whole thing was tainted. People did things that were illegal. The government people that said we can go ahead and mail in the ballots and we can keep the electors open and we, we're going to quit counting in the middle of the night. All that has to be looked, you know, taken into consideration on a tainted, terrible election. All that's been asked and answered and investigated, checked and, and peeked no, at and monitored and looked at and all that's wanted. been done. I mean, he had, what, President Trump had 50 lawsuits and they were all thrown out. And uh, some of them, according to what uh, folks are saying, is that Rudy Giuliani is going to get in trouble as an attorney for filing them. So, yeah, the election wasn't tainted. Pennsylvania's election was 100% legal. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's too bad that you can change the election well, the Secretary under an emergency. the wrong thing here in Pennsylvania. Right, no argument there, but it was legal. And, and they broke uh, rules by doing the wrong thing. So how can the election be 100% like you say? It was tainted. That's all I'm asking to say. It was tainted. It was an awful election. And 50% of the people in this country don't believe it. No, I think it's fewer than 50%. <laughs> it's about 15%, but anyway, either way. I think it's fewer than 50% by a country mile. I could get 50% of the people say it was tainted. Well, yeah. Now, it's a little hard to get you guys to say that because you're on the radio. But, but you surround yourself with Al syncophants. <laughs> no, no. I, well, I don't surround myself with anybody. I work alone. I know. I'm aware. There's there's no Al syncophants in the world. Maybe when you're kneeling at church, but that is the last, the only time you're all together. <laughs> Me and uh, Jesus. That's a that's our. Uh, and he he shows up all the time. So, all right, we He'll got you. Up. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for checking yeah. in. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Hey, you too, brother. Thanks for calling in. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll have time for a speedy dialer. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult, well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. 
tomorrow, you and Steve Kushiloff will get a chance to discuss things. On Thursday, uh, U.S. Senator Bob Casey is going to call and in. And we got to thank him for getting that $69 million bucks for the bypass. Yeah, for PennDOT, so yeah. that'll be helpful. Good yeah, job, backfill Bob money, and that really frees up some good PennDOT money. It ru- does. It makes other things possible here in Pennsylvania. How does that work? $69 million from the stimulus package backfilling PennDOT. Explain what that means. Well, it's PennDOT is already committed to most of the money for this project. So, you know, they the Governor Corbett passed his uh, the, the bill that Senator Gordner and, and our representatives worked for to get the bypass included in there fully funded. So what, what will happen now is this money will just take the place of some of that funding, and that funding will be available for other projects here in Pennsylvania. So we have $69 million of other projects, other needed projects in the state that will get done. Uh, and the bypass will still get completed. So it's a win-win-win all the way around. All right, fantastic. Thanks for the explanation. Except that uh, unless you feel that that billion-trillion-dollar package was a boondoggle, then that's another... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave the screen just like this because it's got emails and texts on it, and so you can read those new texts tomorrow. Will do. And, of course, then that'll be that until next Monday when we reconvene. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time. It is now 10 a.m.